Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society. How to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of. One that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. You know, you are very special. So special that so many spirits came together so that you exist in all of your multidimensional expressions within one body. And I have to say, that's a really beautiful thing. It's more than anything that we could ever purchase or buy on this planet doesn't matter how much gold we find and how much precious gems we come across. There is nothing more precious and more sacred and more divine than you. 
So if anyone hasn't told you that they love you, let me be the first. I love you from the core of my being to the deepest part of your heart and soul. And I will always love you no matter what. Take a deep breath. Inhale and exhale. You know, life is really what we make it. I could really take that into a very deeper level of looking at it or just keep it as it is. Life is what we make it. And if we really understand the foundation of what I'm saying, then we realize that we're not without power. We have so much power that we can actually direct our life in the way we want, just by the way we think and the way we understand what is present and what is around us. You see, every opportunity in life gives you the ability to see the meaning of your thoughts and how your feelings have been reacting to your thoughts in this world through the people you surround yourself with, the types of events and circumstances that are showing up. And no matter how much you want to complain or you don't like something, it's your choice to decide if you're going to use your energy in that way. Yeah, you have a choice, a beautiful choice to decide to not complain and to not focus on the lack and limitation that is present in our world. You have a choice to direct your attention on the limitless possibility that is within each of us and that is capable from expressing itself into the world so that we can experience that possibility become fully manifest. And there really is nothing that can get in your way once you set your mind to it. The question is, are you setting your mind to it? Setting your mind to it is about recognizing the essence and the energy in its form as it is without trying to put anything on it. And notice I did say trying, which is a word that I don't use a lot. Trying is exactly what you'll be doing because trying isn't doing. It is in the in between the place or the idea that's unfinished and unresolved, meaning the story is incomplete. And so the act of trying anything is not the act of true devotion and commitment. It is the act of tiptoeing, dancing, scooting, crawling, but never really getting to your destination and realizing that your destination isn't really your destination, but it's just another step in the self-realization of how magnificent you are. You see, the cause and effect reality is real, y'all. The understanding that whatever you put energy into takes on motion and forms 
and affects everything and everyone around you. It affects things that you don't even realize that it's affecting. And it's all based upon the way you choose to think and where you place yourself. Like, where do you spend most of your time? Did you ever consider that? Where you spend most of your time? Do you spend your time on things that are draining, things that are taking away life force, that are hurting your cells or your body, things that are making you think imbalanced and incorrect and not in the space of true power? Are you spending your time thinking what other people are thinking or what you think they think of you? Because even in that, you're wasting so much energy. Look, if you've got so much energy to waste, there's so many charities and so many people around the world that could utilize that excess energy that you have to give that you're not utilizing for yourself. And you can help build a village and you can help clean the waters from plastic and you can help save uh, beautiful animals in the sea or animals of the earth. You can, you know, give your time and energy to people in the world who wouldn't want you to waste that excess energy on arguing and bickering and complaining and talking about nonsense that you see happening in the world instead of keeping your mind and your focus on something that expands and supports everyone, like love, or bringing in wisdom that brings you back to love, or bringing stories that take you back to love. Of course, everything's going to return back to that unconditional love field, right? But it's how you choose to guide people to that love, or how you choose to guide yourself to that love. But if you're getting so caught up with all these other things, you're just wasting energy. And have you ever done a tally of how much energy you actually waste on wanting to be right, complaining, or just bickering and arguing just to make points about things that are so superficial and truly not necessary for the development of yourself and other people? And you just want to prove a point that you have power or that you're smart or that you know better or that you're a know-it-all? Why? What's the point? I mean, really, what is the point? There is none. And that's the bottom line. We are beings of majestic quality. Yet, we play beneath what we really are just for the sake of having some sort of power but that's not power that's pride because pride makes you fight but you're not fighting anyone really or at least that's not how spirit sees it you're not fighting anyone the only person that you're ever fighting even when you're arguing with the person you love or in a relationship with or a friend or a coworker or anyone for that matter, anytime you are exuding energy towards something that is an amplifying love on our planet, you're not fighting anyone. 
Even though there may be players who are coming in and that there is this back and forth ping pong tennis ball going across of who's more powerful than the other, if that person is doing it as well, they're not really fighting you and you're not fighting them. You're fighting yourself. So I always love the story of Tweedledee and Tweedledum from Alice in Wonderland. I love Alice in Wonderland. I really, really do. I was so obsessed with Lewis Carroll's books. Story of this little girl who falls down this hole and chases after a white rabbit and comes upon all of these different characters in this this Wonderland world of, of mystery and adventure and awkwardness and so many things. And... I always remember the Tweedledee and Tweedledum in the story, that they're going to have a battle. These two twins battling with each other. For what purpose? Alice wondered. Why are they battling? What are they battling about? They're going to have a battle. But why? Why are they going to battle? Was someone upset about something? Did they disagree with something? Or is the battle going on within Alice? Going on within us? Are we battling ourselves? Every time we don't receive healing from spirit, every time we start a sentence with no, instead of let me take that in, think about it, every time we go into bickering, arguing, are wanting to prove a point over someone's knowledge versus our own, we're battling with ourselves. And every time we hold ourselves back from making money, bringing in sustenance in our lives so that we can sustain ourselves, we can sustain others, we're battling ourselves. And every time we're holding on to this need to prove ourselves to the world, by hustling and going out there and putting so much stress and anxiety and frustration and anger and disappointment on ourselves because we're not meeting whatever high standards we've put ourselves upon or any expectations that we've covered ourselves with. We're battling against ourselves. And you may think, no, Shaman Dirk, that's not true. My husband irritates me or my wife irritates me. My girlfriend or my boyfriend irritates me. My friend irritates me. No, you irritate you. All they're doing is showing you what you already are doing to yourself. And it's interesting, you know, I was in a very dysfunctional relationship once in my life. And it was arguing and bickering and complaining going on all the time between me and the person that I was with. And it made me sad. There are days where I'd cry and weep and and just wallow in this sadness and still pull my bootstraps up and button up my jacket and go out there and support the world. Telling everyone to love and be happy when at home there was no love and happiness. And I used to blame the other person. I used to make them wrong. I used to tell them, oh, you're so volatile. Look at your breaking things. Look at how you're acting and all of these different things. But I still putting up with it still allowing it, still being in the range of fire of it, and also firing myself as well. I wasn't innocent, not by a long shot. 
And in fact, I spent a lot of my time firing back at the person instead of just observing them, witnessing them, and seeing that this battle that this person is having with me, they're also having with themselves. And everything that they're complaining and screaming about has nothing to do with me whatsoever. It has to do with what's going on inside of them. And if I am in the center of this energy, meaning if this is the universe that I'm in, this is the construct of my reality at this time, then that means that whatever that person is, whatever the antagonist is, whatever that energy is, whatever it's coming at me means that it's already in me. It means that I'm holding on to some idea of abuse or pain or hurt within myself that is being reflective in that universe. And that's why I'm in it. And that's why I'm sitting in the center of it. And it was only until I was ready to truly realize that every, every conflict that I have with anyone in the world, it doesn't matter who it is or what it looks like, is the conflict that I'm having within myself. Basically, I've become Tweedledee and Tweedledum, playing out this battle that has no reason for being, no real justification for its existence other than just for me to be stubborn and fight myself, fight myself in loving, nurturing, and giving to me in the way that I need the sustenance, the nutrients, the nourishment, and the care that I need so that my outer world reflects my inner world. So when you look at the world today, I'm sure you can see the reflection of Tweedledee and Tweedledum in society. I'm sure you can see how it's playing out amongst people in social groups and political groups and so much more. And sure, I'm sure some people are thinking, well, you have to battle if you have to make change. And I have words for you on that. And here they are. Who told you that? Where did you learn that? And how do you know that's the only path? Just because throughout history, all we've done every time to solve problems is go to war, fight, battle, scream, stand up, yell, put people down, shame them, blame them, name them, crucify them, curse them, destroy them. And we haven't used our intelligence or even stretched our intelligence a little bit further than that to see, is there any other way we as human beings can choose to elect intelligence to find a path that is completely different from the one that we keep circling and staying on? Are we capable of even willing to look at it? Or is our pride and our need for revenge or justification or punishment or victory over another or justice so strong to even outweigh the possibility that can exist and does exist, but we haven't chosen to look at it. Hmm. Doesn't that make you think? Doesn't that make you just really think about what are we doing? 
And are we really using the capacity of our intelligence in ways that are actually lifting and shifting our species? Are we really acknowledging true evolution? I mean, we've been on that road for so long and people will even fight and justify and argue with themselves, not with me, but with themselves. To be righteous, to be right about that path being the only path and the only road in which we can take to create change. Take a deep breath. Sink into that for a little bit. Sink into that both with your feelings and with your mind. And what I want you to do is I want you to observe that path. Observe. Don't analyze or speculate. Just observe that path that we as people on this earth have continued to go down and think that we are going to solve major conflicts, war, every type of energy that is in discord with one another, that is causing a ricochet of chaos because of its individual polarized energy fields bouncing off of each other. in the way in which we have operated in the human species. Just observe right now that energy and breathe. Now observe the future if we stay on that path and breathe. Notice what you observed. Was there an end game? Did the world get worse? Did war become intense? Did more countries go to war? Did more suffering and death happen? Was there more love and freedom and laughter and joy while staying on that path? I highly doubt it. It's interesting how we consider ourselves to be very intelligent beings, which we are, but we don't utilize the full potential of our intelligence. We're not really sitting and looking and observing and seeing the spirit guide us down that road to see that there is no happy ending on that road. And at the end of the day, All we're doing is circling back and circling back and circling back. For what? Why are we circling back? Because we haven't chosen to get out of our pride, out of our vengeance, out of our need for victory over another, out of our need to claim punishment for someone's wrongdoings out of our need to judge and condemn and to make one guilty, shameful. 
out of our need to crucify or to find the monster or the bad guy or villainize out of our need so that we can say justice has been served. Justice has been served. So what do we do? We continue to allow Tweedledee and Tweedledum to be the reflection, both inner and outer, that we're having because of our inability to remove ourselves, to divorce and to allow that part of our being that has pride in all of those things that I just mentioned and send it to the light. Just dismiss it, eliminate it, be done with it. It's really simple, truly is. You know, one time this person said to me, Shaman Dirk, what if you don't make it? What if you fail? And I looked at them with a smile on my face. And I said, well, does failure exist in your world? I said, well, failure exists in everyone's world. I said, and how can you be so sure about that? Have you spoken to everyone? And he said, no, I haven't. So then how do you know that failure exists in my world as it exists in your world? Isn't failure an idea, a concept, a thought, a printed word in a dictionary that we give acknowledgement to and reality to because it exists because someone told us that it exists and therefore we have to accept it as a part of our existence? I told this guy, a friend of mine, I'm sorry, but failure doesn't exist in my world. There's not even a word called failure. It's a fascinating word that you've chosen in your world, but in my world, we don't fail at all. There's no such thing. We don't even adhere to it. And even if you were to show it to me in a dictionary, I cannot believe it because it doesn't exist in my world. You see, I have a choice to choose what doors exist in the expansive realities that I can choose from quantumly. Why would I have a door of success and a door of failure right next to it so that I can wake up every day and spin the wheel of fortune and wonder, today is today, is it going to be success today or is it going to be failure today? Because even if I forgot that failure still exists, because I didn't take it out of the reality of existence from my consciousness, one day it will show up because the wheel will click and one day land on that which is already there. So for me, when I think of the wheel of fortune, like in the tarot cards, the writer's deck, the wheel of fortune, I think about it in the way of everything on that wheel I want to be powerful and beautiful and life source giving and nurturing and fulfilling and intimate and connects with me on so many loving, nurturing levels. Right? Loving, nurturing levels. L N L. I want the L-N-L experience on my Wheel of Fortune. 
loving, nurturing levels. If I don't have the LNL on my wheel of fortune, the first thing I do is go through and look at all of those things that are on that wheel as possibilities that could happen or may not happen, but even still, I don't ever want to happen. So I, as a creator, choose to eliminate ideas and concepts from my reality. And you can do that, you know. Why do people hold so strong to the idea that they have to accept some reality or concept into their life that doesn't bring joy, pleasure, ecstasy, and bliss just because their mommy and daddy did or their guardians did or their school teacher did or their government did or their friends did or their lover a spouse or whoever did. But you don't have to. And no one can force you to accept the doorway that you don't want there. (laughs) Literally, it's cleaning consciousness. Cleaning consciousness is just being aware that those things don't exist in your world. Everyone has the choice to decide what exists in their world. And I choose to not have failure exist in my world at all. So I don't even know what it means doesn't register it doesn't compute it doesn't operate in my field of intelligence there's a lot of great things that operate in my field of intelligence and let me tell you they keep me lit all day and every day because i get to decide what those things are and how they are i get to name them and i get to give them descriptions and concepts that go along i can even give stories that go along with them to make them as real as i can imagine So it completely sits within my reality. And then I get to experience it. You see, we have for so long have been accepting the narrative that has been playing out from our ancestors, ancestors, ancestors of this proverbial need to constantly be stuck in Tweedledee consciousness, battling ourselves. Like when someone gets sick or has cancer or anything, what we will find in the future And of course, I will definitely be leading the way with my brothers and sisters, such as yourself and the Lady Committee, to bringing this to light. That every time we have money problems, health problems, relationship problems, or anything, it's not because God is punishing us because we didn't do enough Hail Marys or go to church or follow Jesus or whatever it is that people believe they have to do to meet God's favor in order to be loved, which is a bunch of hakamalaki. Harkamalaki, or malarkey, or harkamalarkey. I just, I, I like that. It just came out, so I'm going to go with it. It's a bunch of harkamalarkey. And a harkamalarkey basically means that you are choosing to believe that you have to work and earn love in order to be loved, and that you have to slave in order to get love, acceptance, a value, and appreciation, and acknowledgement. That is a bunch of harka malarkey. So whenever you feel this energy of, I have to do this in order to get love, just know that you are now playing the harka malarkey nonsense in the world. You don't have to do anything to get God's love. And you don't have to give yourself to church or, you know, or, you know, believe in Jesus in order to get God's love. Because It wasn't about Jesus anyway. It was about Jesus's teachings, which is love. So as long as you stay out of the harka malarkey and realize that you are loved and that love is present in your life and it's a many doorways that you get to walk through because you've made it that way, you're going to be just fine. 
But the idea that human beings create these these flimsy structures of reality based upon someone else's reality and then stake claim to it, hold pride over it, and then get mad at you and then get mad at themselves if they don't obey it or be obedient to it in some way is a bunch of hark malarkey. We are on a planet where we have choice. And these choices aren't just in our ability to say yes or no. These choices are the ability to recognize where we place our energy and where we don't. The Tweedledee consciousness, the Tweedledee, Tweedledum consciousness, I'm sure you got it by now, is ridiculous on our planet. If I came from another planet, from another universe, another galaxy, and I brought my spaceship here and observed the human life, the first thing I would acknowledge is why are human beings not using the power that they really have? And why are they using it to destroy the resources, destroy themselves, and destroy each other? For what purpose? None. I would see this planet as a very volatile planet. I would send codes and frequencies into those who are aware that that is the case on the planet and want to come out of it. And I would wait to see if those people who got those codes, got those messages, would step into a position and start sharing it with their brothers and sisters and spread the good news that the nonsense that they're all living is one giant mirage, all created by the need for them to go into that harkamalarkey nonsense or to go into the idea of the Tweedledee consciousness. Tweedledee, Tweedledum consciousness. Forgot the dumb part because it really is dumb. Like dumb with a capital D-U-M-B. Dumb. Because if you are operating on an idea that you have some block or you have something that's limiting you and that's why you don't have love in your life and that's why money's not flowing and that's why you can't find a job and that's why you're not getting healthier and that's why all these things aren't happening. That's because you have a belief in the Tweedledee, Tweedledum consciousness. That means that you are literally fighting yourself, which means, and I'll tell you straight out, and you can either accept it or not accept it. I don't care because I love you. I'm going to share with you. Spirit won't fight you. God won't fight you. Angels won't fight you. I won't fight you. Nature spirits won't fight you. They just won't fight you. They'll just let you keep doing what you're doing and honoring your free will until you're ready to surrender into the promise of true joy, true happiness, true pleasure, true bliss, true liberation. That means what? That means that If you want to have these things in your life, you got to realize you're fighting yourself. And the key to recognizing that is observing the fight. So what I want you to say out loud is this. Right now, I'm choosing to observe as a witness the fight that I have with myself around And then you can add it in such as money or love or success or good health or whatever it may be and set a timer, 15, 20 minutes, I would say, and just observe, observe the nonsense and know for yourself what is really going on. That's the first key to pulling yourself out of this nonsense in life. You've got the power. I know you do, and I believe in you, and I see you, and I know you and remember you, and you are here and born to ride the lit train as a litty committee, lit leader of legacy. So 
observe the Tweedledee, Tweedledum in any area of your life and then observe yourself letting it go. I love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamanduric.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hey, Tribe. It's another Tribal Share from L. Diane Carter who you can find at lt, l.diane.carter at live.com at gt. And the beautiful tribal share she is doing is a wonderful, wonderful, just beautiful thing she's created called To The Light, which I saw when I listened to it. I saw the energy and I felt it as a mantra. And so it'd be nice if you repeated it and kept repeating it uh, and feel the energy from it. Thank you so much. Beautiful Diane Carter. Love you. Hey, tribe. (laughs) Hey, Shaman D, my brother. So I, I want to share this little ditty with you all that came to me after I had uh, listened to the webinar on the Skechers. And I had an experience where, you know, I had a little fear inside about one that was visiting me. And uh, a voice uh, in me said, no, 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 no time for that. Uh, just sing this song. And this is what came. So use this as you do your work of the lights, children. You must go to the light now. You must go to the light, to the light. You must go to the light now. You must, you must, you must, you must go. You must go to the light now. You must go to the light, to the light. You must go to the light now. You must, you must, you must, you must go. You must go to the light now. You must go to the light, to the light. You must go to the light now. It's time for you to go to the light. (laughs) Hey, Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors. Hey, Tribe, you know what's the greatest thing? Not just being a lit leader and a leader of legacy like all of you, but what I love more than anything is my skin and keeping a healthy, vibrant complexion Smooth skin, no blemishes, no breakouts. But in order to do that, you got to be mindful of what you're putting on your skin. In today's world, there's so many skin products out there and a lot of them have a lot of chemicals. One of the skin products that I use the most is Living Livations, best skin ever. Because I like radiant skin and radiant skin has never been so easy. With Living Livations line of best skin evers, it's an exquisite palette of possibilities that solve any skin issue and indulges every preference all organic and the purest of pure botanicals cleanse exfoliate and moisturize in one simple step for smooth fresh and beautiful scented skin their best skin ever line includes the sumptuous sandalwood frankincense rose neroli vanilla tropical and lavish abundant chocolate 
and their best-selling Sea Buckthorn. Nourish your skin and attain a dewy glow from head to toe with your favorite best skin ever. And that's how I keep my complexion that everyone keeps talking about. I'm very about what goes on my skin. So if you want to check them out, because they make tons of other amazing organic products, and not to mention they're ethically sourced, I know the owner and her husband, and they're personally good friends of me and my girlfriend and my family. So go check out livinglivations.com and enter the code SHAMAN at your checkout for a special 20% off your entire purchase. It's time to look good and feel good. Love you. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you how spectacular and fabulous and amazing and how loved you are, well, let me be the first. You rock the Casbah. And not only do you rock the Casbah, you own it. And that's what this whole thing is about, right? It's owning your autonomy, being in your space, loving who you are, and then shining and vibrating and illuminating that and amplifying that for the world. And that's the only way we're going to make it through this, what we call dark period, which is really an awakening, a peeling back of the veil so that we can see all the things that we've been lied about and lied to about and really being able to step into a place of true awareness and really true presence. And speaking of presence, there's nothing greater than when you're going through these times to add a little sass to your class. And that is what we're here to talk about today with my brother Sade Simone, who is here in the studio today with his new book, Spiritually Sassy. I mean, come on, eight radical steps to activate your innate superpowers. I don't know about you, but do you have superpowers? I know I do. So I know you all do too, because you all are lit leaders of legacy. But seriously, if we're going to move through this time, we got to have some sassiness. And the man to bring that to us is Sade Simone. Welcome to the studio. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful intro. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. So let's talk about what's going on. Because you know what? I feel like the sexiness is gone on so many levels. And we need, you know, like, you know, when you hear that song, I get your, get your sexy back. Or was Mm -hmm. was, was Mm -hmm. it a song with Justin Timberlake? Yeah. I feel like we need to bring the sexy back. That's right. Because it's getting boring. And you you were talking earlier about the fact that the gods and God goddesses are bored of us (laughs) because we're all just like, yeah, I'm going to watch on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Just walking around, looking down to the floor, scrolling on Instagram all day, every day, going from Instagram to TikTok, eating fried junk food, like not recognizing their litness. That would, that would be your language. My language would be not recognizing your sass. Mm. And, you know, when we are in the spiritually sassy, there's two sides to this. Spiritually sassy movement started because I, you know, and it's so good that I get to talk to you about this because... Spiritually Sassy Movement was looking back at my journey, you know, in India, Nepal, different parts of the world, studying in monasteries and ashrams and Dharma centers and being the only person of color, the only queer body there and really looking around and being like, what the fuck is going on? Can we curse on the show? Sorry. Yes, of course you can. Okay. Fuck yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck are you thinking? This is ancient wisdom today. We tell it like it is, boy. Yes, honey. Okay, so I was just feeling like really like confused by this 
the fact that there's, uh, you know, if, if spirituality is for everyone, how come it's not everyone is, is assembled here? And mm. why is it, why is it that we have these, you know, I was, I was doing a 30 day uh, silent retreat um, and I'm looking around, there's like five people there who are, you know, black, brown and outwardly expressed as queer. And I'm like, this, there's something interesting here. So what I started to do, it, I'm going to give you a long answer to a short question. Because I think it's important when we're talking about the gods and goddesses being bored with us. It has to do with this. I thought that by being spiritual, I needed to be uh, this forced seriousness. What I call in the book is the zombie zen. I thought that by being spiritual, I need to walk like this, talk like this, do things like this. No more play, no more laughter, no more dance. And and uh, the people who were around me in the monastery, that was their predicament. That was their story. That was their healing curriculum. That's what they needed, you know, and that worked for them. But I realized that worked for them because these, these spaces had been populated mostly by straight white men, cisgender, uh, and nothing wrong with that. But when the, when the ancient literature is, is translated by one specific, only one a kind of a person, a lot of, a lot of things go, go unseen. Does that make sense? Yeah, they, of course. They, they, they go on, they go unspoken. You know, now when you have a flamboyant, queer, powerful, black, brown person translating these ancient texts, you're going to get a different flavor. You're going to get a different flavor. And that is what the spiritually sassy movement is about, is, is me, uh, you know, translating the, you know, my, my studies of, of tantric Buddhism and contemplative psychotherapy and holistic nutrition in a full power way, in a way that brings play back, in a way that brings laughter and dance and music and beauty and re- reclaiming our relationship a new relationship to all these parts that have been sort of seen like, oh, these things shouldn't be part of the spiritual path. And so it's bringing joy back into the spiritual path and celebrating everyone who's being told, you're too this, you're too that, you're too black, you're too brown, you're too queer, you're too flamboyant, you're too anything. Spiritually sassy is a home for all of you. And also for everybody else who always, always wanted to be fully self-expressed, but never had a space to do it. So the spiritually sassy is a, is, is a movement within a movement that pays homage to the radical saints, as we call in the, in the tantric Buddhist uh, uh, philosophy psychology. It's called the Mahasiddhas, these great awakened saints. Uh, so we're paying homage to their lives. We're, we're, we're learning from them, but we're, we're you know, uh, modernizing it. So if people who've always wanted to be expressed, but never had a home, this is your home. Also for everybody else who never felt like they could fit into the, to the spaces. We're done dragging your motherfucking throne into every table and begging for them to let us in, honey. We are done with that luck. We are now creating a new table. That table celebrates you being radically you. So that's a little bit of spiritually sassy. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? why I love it is because I am a complete advocate for full liberation and the embodiment. I believe that true heaven and earth can only be reached by full enlightenment of that liberation. That's right. And I think that we live in such a stuffy, like stuffy rule-based world. I mean, it is so uncomfortable sometimes to walk around the planet with everyone and all their rules. And like, I feel like everyone should just write a rule book so I know which way I'm going, you know, because (laughs) I'm just pissing people off left and right. That's right. You know, it's like, okay, the rule is you're not allowed to hold me too long because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Rule is you can't stare at me. Rule is can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch that. That's off limits. And I, you know, and I'm just a very affectionate, 
nurturing type of being. I'm a love Same. being, you know? So if like friends come over, all of a sudden I'll grab your foot and I'll start massaging it, you know? I'm just, I'm the type of person who'll smell your neck and people are like, why are you smelling that person? Because I want to smell their essence. I don't want to get into who they are, mm. you know? And when I hug, I'm not, I don't want like your little short, you know, uh, abbreviation of a hug. Yeah. I want to have like a real soul hug, That's like right. straight up. That's right. You know, and I feel like we put so much emphasis on all of these other things where people are seeking to be authentic. That's right. When I think authenticity has now become the bad word because it's like- I agree. Right? It's like people are like, oh my God, I'm, and I'm all about authenticity. I'm like, no, you're not. You're all about rules and conditions. That's want, right. Like, I want to hear you say, I'm all about liberation. That's right. Biatch. That's right. Say it loud, honey, for everybody in the back. Oh my God. This is just, it really is in a world where people are using the, the word empath, protection uh, for everything. And they don't realize that by using these these kinds of limiting words, how they are, you know, limiting their potential to be completely free. You know, you go through life with all these boundaries and, you know, there's a healthy degree to protection and boundaries. And there's a, there's, and then don't even get me started on talking about uh, being an empath, but we should talk, maybe touch base about it on it. But the, the variety of ways that people hold themselves back you know, and I talk about it in the book. I think, and based on my own uh, study with my lineage, it's it's we are addicted to suffering. Anything outside of that, it's so scary because we haven't experienced. What is it like to be fully liberated? What is it like to be radically you? What is it like to wake up happy, go to bed happy? We forgot what it's our potential to do that. You know, day in, day out, and this. Uh, this view of uh, my rule book has to be, I have, these are the ways that I, you can only engage with me by these ways, you know? And I think the word of, of, and I know this might be edgy for a lot of people, the word boundaries and and protection and uh, using your, your empath uh, and, and, to hold yourself back. Is this making sense? Of course it is. Because one thing that we, uh, it's, we are so, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like our addiction to suffering, we are addicted to, to these uh, destructive negative emotions because they're so seductive, right? They last in the body for 90 seconds, but everything outside of that, it's a story that we tell ourselves and that story becomes so solid, so deeply meaningful to us that to do anything different is so scary. So when, when Shaman Durek is speaking about these, the rule book that people have, I think this spiritual bypass, you know, instead of learning to dance with people from this, this core place, from this concentrated place, from this relaxed place, from this place where you're not taking everything so personal, honey, yeah. where you're letting things slide, where not every single exchange leaves a sticky uh, residue in your mind. How do you live authentically? I, you know, my feedback is like, do what you need to do to awaken the Brahma Viharas, which are the four qualities of our heart. And I, you know, in your language would be a little bit different, but it's love, compassion, wisdom, and joy that is at the base of our being. And then find your own authentic, creative, unique way of bringing that out into the world. You know, what does that look like for you? It's clearly, you know, sass as well as me. It's, it's loud, it's bold, it's fierce, it's funny, it's big. Same for me, yeah. you know, but we all have our own unique superpower of conveying our own ways of conveying that back into the world. Yeah. I always find it funny how people will say to me sometimes, they're like, oh, Shaman Dirk, you're so full of yourself because I walk into a room and I just hold presence, you know, and they think because I, they think I'm in my ego and I'm like, okay, for first off and foremost, I am who I am. 
you get uncomfortable with me because you're uncomfortable with your own power. Say it. I like to live in my power. Say I, it. I, I feel like the Excalibur coming out of the stone. Okay. I, I feel the energy of that, that, that powerful sorcerer, witch, shaman, energy, sexual, you know, amazing God that I am. That's right. Walking the earth. And That's like, right. and like, if people want to be afraid, I'm like, be afraid. Go crawl in the corner. Go be scared. Do whatever you got to do. But I'm still going to be here, boo. And I think that the point is that we get so caught up in society where people are so much trying to fit into what they think other people would uh, suggest or be okay with. There's this old belief that I have like when I was a kid. And I always ask myself, why do people have such a problem with people who are different? Mm. Right? And it's like, Oh, I know why. Because it threatens the chains in the in the ropes that they bound themselves with. That's right. It's the idea of like when people come to me and say, "Oh, Shamanurk, I have a money issue." I say, okay, then do one thing. First thing you need to do is say, "I hate money, and I wish money would never come to me." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> I would never say that. I go, exactly, because your pride's in the way from you seeing how you really feel. And that's why you have a money problem. And that's why you haven't gotten over it. I don't care how many workshops you go to, how many books you read. I don't care how many times you dance under the moonlight until you confront the truth of what it is that's really going on. That's right. You know, then you're going to be stuck in the loop. And that's what I feel is happening on in, mm-hmm. in humanity. It's like we're, mm-hmm. we're on that proverbial will of um, that will, karma will, that mm-hmm. karmic will, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to be straight up real. That's right. Like, if you, like, I, I know male friends of mine who classify themselves as straight, which comes from the, you know, from the matrix. Even gay comes from the matrix. All of it comes from the matrix. The matrix created boxes and wanted people to find their box and sit in it. The idea of liberation is to remove the standards of that you've been taught and educated to procreate or to create a certain way of looking at life so you can support the system. Mm -hmm. Everything is about supporting the system. So again, when we bring the sass, like you say, Mm -hmm. right, we get to like, we get to learn how to tangle with the devil. We get Mm -hmm. to learn, you know, when people say darkness, the devil, this thing, the scary monster, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bring them on. Honey, I'm ready. Bring them on. That's right. It's okay, right? That's right. It really is. Thank you for saying all that. I mean, one big thing that the word wisdom, it's the the actual specific word that's used in the literature. It's called equanimity, which is the great equalizer. It's seeing things without, you know, all the added layers that we have. Um, so in this radical perspective change comes as you start to do this work where you're able to release the labels. You're able to, to be with somebody's heart or to be with somebody's spirit and really commune at that place. And, you know, ultimately when I think about like being spiritually sassy and people looking at you or me and saying, Oh my God, you're so this, you're so that. And the truth of is, honey, you have all that power within you too. You know, our work as guides in the space is we're simply just a little bit of, of a fertilizer to that seed that's inside of your very own heart. We're a little bit of water, a little bit of sunlight, you know, and the the work becomes about you not seeing inspiration uh, through the lens of envy or jealousy, but seeing inspiration. That That's the, the mind of delusion, right? Where you mm. see problems as bad, where you see traumatic experiences as bad. Uh, but when you radically awaken- <laughs> Yes, I'm so glad you're speaking on this. <laughs> when you radically awaken, you see everything as a blessing. You see everything as a healing curriculum. You recognize that it's all- divine timing and it's all okay and because your, your experience is because you have the tools to overcome it and this is part of your healing curriculum in this lifetime right and and so seeing inspiration in other people and, and success in other people and beauty in other people and, and recognizing for what it is it's a path that 
I have. It's a potential that I have. And not through the delusion mind where someone else's success is taken away from mine, you know, or someone else's beauty is taken away from my potential. Uh, so the spiritually sassy path is a path that radically supports you to be completely authentically you. And the way Shaman Durek is bold, fierce, loud, and the way I have a lot of those similar tendencies too. That's why we're friends. That's right. And it's, it's your own way of doing that. You may be loud in a completely different way. You may be bold in a totally different way. It, the key here is for you to radically, for you to figure out how are you conveying your heart back into the world? Like, what is it? How do you want that to look like? You know, and doing that every single day, taking spiritual inventory. What did you do yesterday that's supporting the liberation of your heart and, and getting rid of your neurosis? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are not looking at transformation as they should, capital S, I'm going to throw the word out there, as, as liberation from suffering, right? So you have to look at, if, uh, you know, as our addiction from suffering, we are addicted to people, police, and things, right? That keep supporting uh, our neurosis or developing our hearts or develop our connection to spirit or to the gods and goddesses, whatever word variation works for you. But you got to ask yourself every day, what did you do today? that supported that, that deleted the neurosis and supported the awakening. Mm -hmm. You know, us being here in the last few hours, laughter, joy, storytelling, you know? What did you do yesterday or or two days ago or or a year ago that supported you to do that? It's spiritual inventory is a big, it's, it's, you know, chapter, uh, I think two or three in there where people, you really have to look at every single habit. What do you see in the mirror as soon as you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror? You know, what do you see in the mirror? Are you kind to yourself? Are you kind to to your body? You know, and thinking about it like that. And then carrying out your day in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the 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 understanding is the consequence of humanity is the consequence of their actions. They always, most of humanity would love to be liberated, but they're afraid of the consequence of their families, their friends, the ideas of their job and how people will see them. But they don't realize that the truth is people can only see your, see you how you see you, you know? And there was a point in my life where I was like having a father who I remember him saying very clearly to me, like there is in this house, there will be no homosexuality in this house. And I was just like, okay, well, I mean, but my girlfriend keeps showing me that there's parts of me that are homosexual and like, you know, and like my girlfriend at the time, this amazing woman, Swan, you know, she was just like, babe, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's in there. And mm-hmm. you are, you mm-hmm. are this multidimensional being. Mm-hmm. And if you let your father suppress that, mm-hmm. then you're going to suppress yourself mm-hmm. and he's going to live his life the way he wants to, but you're not going to live the life the way you want to. And I started thinking about like, am I willing to risk the love of my father, the love of my friends, the love of the people who say they love me, but really don't love me if I can't really show up as me. That's right. You know? And I, and so I got to a point where I was just like, I didn't care anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I like what I like and I feel what I feel and I know it's real, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like what I like. I feel what I feel and I know it's real. And so when I get into that perspective, I look at the world and I see, oh, people are afraid to be who they are and live their truth because they're afraid of the conversations they have to have with the people around them. That's right. It's like, why? Why are you afraid of the conversation you have? The reason why you're really afraid of the conversation is because you don't want to have that conversation with, with yourself. yourself. Mm, say it loud and clear, honey. That's really what's about. I mean, honestly, speaking of queerness as a pathway to freedom, you know, speaking of, of you know, being in touch with your sexuality and with, with what you like, 
you know, and truly following that, that is you liberating yourself and, and releasing the shame, you know, don't bring shame into a sexual act, releasing shame from, you know, really like doing your best effort every day to, if you have a little bit in you of saying, oh, I'm inadequate, I'm unloving, I'm unlovable, I'm a bad person, I don't deserve this. And that is shame, honey. So look at the shame monster and what are you going to do about it every single day until that's <laughs> yeah. out of your, until that's out of your mind, you know? Woo! And what we say in, in the Buddhist uh, uh, literature and, you know, in, in my own interpretation is cultivation of merit. Merit is spiritual money. Like what are you doing every day to offset your karmic debt? Mm. You know? So, <laughs> yes, the way that led it for you, I was like, yes, honey. You know it, yeah. baby. So, you know it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, the how do you cultivate marriage is, you know, holding on to and cultivating wholesome states of mind, right? And when I mean holding on to, it's not grasping over, but just doing your best effort every day to like have generous thoughts, have kind thoughts towards yourself and towards other people. And what do you speak into the world? Make sure you're not gossiping. You're not complaining. And I know you speak about, about the power of words often. You mm-hmm. called me out a couple of times even today. Um, and, and the power of your actions, right? We have to recognize that everything we do is creating our next moment. It is. You know, our words, our states of mind, our actions. We are living right now as a consequence of our past actions. You're listening to this podcast right now because of everything you've done in your life up until this point. How wild is to think about it like that? That you have Ooh. set yourself up to listen to, to, these, to these two voices in both sides of your ears, you know, both sides of your head. So you are deeply thinking I into that because of it. everything you've done up until now. And in Padma Sambhava, this radical saint, he says that if your present moment looks this good, where you're listening to deep, profound wisdom like this, that means your next one will be even better mm-hmm. and even better. But the problem is people are intellectualizing healing. Too much. Intellectualizing. Too much. Being a cerebral queen about it. Oh That's my God. not the way, honey. <laughs> Actualize healing. Drop from the mind into the heart. Oh my God, bitch. <laughs> yes, bitch. Oh my God. It just yeah. took it there. Yes. It's true. And I feel that all the time. And like, one of the things that I notice a lot is that people get, they're too heady. There's so much thinking. They're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. And I'm like all the time sharing with people in shock. Shamanism, when you think too much, you're using the technology of the matrix that programmed you how to think. Mm. And in order to enter the spirit world, mm. you have to realize that your thinking will not work there in Oof. the way that it works here. Oh my God. And so a lot of times people think they're going to access the spiritual realm with the same type of mechanics and the same no. type of technology. That, it's an old technology. It's an Does old not technology. Yeah. It's like take. It's like a broken down technology. That's it's right. straight up ghetto. <laughs> okay, I call it ghetto thinking because you can't go into the spirit world with ghetto thinking because the the spirit world is regal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's sensuous. Mm-hmm. It's playful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it whizzes. It moves. It, it it shifts. It dances. You know. It's 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 quacky. It's 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 zany. It's wild. It's it's windy, and you never know where you're gonna go. You never know right. what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You, it's, it, it catches you by surprise, mm-hmm. and you gotta be ready to dance. That's you gotta right. be ready to tap. You gotta be ready to put your jazz and if you're hands gonna think up. Every single move. You can't communicate. You can communicate with spirit if you you're overthinking every single move. You can't. Yeah, and I I I love all of this so much. You know, and 
oh, thank you for saying that. I'm just like, yes, honey. And I wish you guys could jazz hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I see often is people are like, uh, over their 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 overthinking their past, they're playing their past in their mind two hundred seventy five thousand times in hoping for in hopes of a different outcome, right? It, it, this thinking their way out of their suffering. It's just like it's you can't think your way out of suffering. No, though. you can't at all. You just can't. It just it's like quicksand. You know, like when you go in, you get stuck in quicksand, and if you try to like keep moving, you sink even deeper. That's, That's right. exactly what's happening. That's right. They're trying. They're thinking. They're trying to think out of suffering, and every time they try to think out of it, it goes deeper and deeper, deeper and, deeper and, and deeper, deeper and deeper. And every time you recall a memory and you're overthinking it because you're hoping to find a different outcome you're just pla- you're just painting it with more guilt more shame more blame more victim mindset you know and this leads, leads me to um to a practice that requires your full body your all the energy of your mind forgiveness you know i think a lot of people are so caught up in this victim mindset replaying the past and giving ownership of their internal world to somebody who's caused them harm or the person that they've caused harm and they've like left the present moment they're constantly living in the past they're graveyard dwellers oh is that what is that what you call it a graveyard dweller yeah <laughs> they keep trying to resurrect the dead <laughs> yes exactly and then bring you into it and be like hey this horrible thing happened to me in the past That's i want right. you to get into my story and use your powers as a god or as a goddess and use your ne- Necromancy to help me raise the dead of my own bones. That's right. So that I can have these zombies torment me for the rest of my life. Fuck so I don't that. have to be lit. No. I don't have to be powerful. No. I don't have to be sexy. No. I don't have to be it. That's right. We are done with that story. Everyone listening right now, call it enough. Enough is enough, really. Leave no more resurrecting old versions of yourself. Ugh. No more resurrecting these old parts of yourself. Like, be consistent to your healing. Be consistent to being lit. Be consistent to being sassy. Oh my God, you're killing me. I it's think I'm stop. having an orgasm. I'm having an orgasm right <laughs> yes. now, everyone. The, the knowledge stop is so being good. Consen- stop being consistent uh. to performing this old self, you know, uh. those old ways that are, ah, oh, they're not uh. fitting who you, who you know you're meant to be. You know what I mean? It's like, what's up, you? And forgiveness is the pathway to that presence. Forgiveness is the pathway for you to awaken what is at the base of your being. It's the path of this brave. It's the path of the strong. Forgive yourself for the things you've done. Forgive others for the things that they have done. And ask for forgiveness of, of, of all parts that you've taken place, of all the roles you've taken place that you've been part of. And that is what you, what's going to support you to go to the next level. When I was working on this book, the first chapter is the forgiveness chapter. You know, not the first chapter. The first chapter that I wrote for the book was a forgiveness chapter because people will tell me, be present. And that's how you develop your best qualities. Be present. That's how you communion with your heart. And I was like, I can't sit down to be present because my mind is dragging me into the graveyard. I I will become a graveyard dweller over and over and over again. You know, so... It was I with the forgiveness practice. I love the, it. Thank you, my love. I love forgiveness. Even how it looks forgiveness. like a '70s look to it. Thank you. I mean, yeah. you just gave me a spiritual, like, mental, emotional <laughs> orgasm. Seriously, just like, and that's what we need. We're here to support each other in that way. Supporting. We're we have to be tour guides to ecstasy to each other. Yeah, you know, to bliss maps. 
to joy. We have to be reminders to each other that we can do this. And you do this so fiercely, beautifully, playfully in everything that you do, which is why j'adore you, honey. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> I love you. You know, I check out all your things on Instagram. I'm your stalker, you know. <laughs> I'm your love stalker. <laughs> I like always like start my day and I go straight to your page oh, and like watch you dance. Love. And I watch, I love when you're like walk into the room and do your little catwalk and then you're like boom boom boom, boom. boom. yeah bitch you it's can so, heal but it's so good when you do it because it's so juicy and we need juiciness back on our planet and that's why people are responding to you right now is because we don't want stale bread we don't want any kind of moldy food that's people right. don't want that that's people right. had enough of that like that's it's right. enough this stuffy world with everyone and all their hang-ups and all their rules and opinions and like i don't want to hear another person's opinion unless it's juicy. That's right. Give me something juicy. That's I right. want the juice. I want dripping, juicy, succulent, tasty life experience oh and energy from God. people. Yeah. Create the myth of your life, honey. Make it poetic. Like bring art into every single thing you're experiencing. And I love what you said right now because I, I think people who are in a process of like healing trauma and the trauma memory resurfaces their mind and they think that they have to go back to all their healing. They have to go back to this entire path. It's like, no, honey, in that very moment, be a spiritual translator, be a spiritual diplomat. Listen that this that this pain, this painful memory has revisited your mind again because it's asking you to bake a motherfucking cake. It's asking you to cut up some old clothes and turn into something beautiful. It's asking you to paint your face differently. It's asking you to dance. It's asking you to beautify the world outside of yourself. Oftentimes people are just, it's the, the roles that people think that they have to play. They're too afraid of, of, you know, being embodied, be a permi- becoming and living as a permission slip. Mm. How epic is that? Epic. You know, imagine you walking out into the supermarket on the streets or every, in everywhere you go, your presence alone is communicating potential for people. Your presence alone is communicating that, that drippy, delicious honey, you know, succulent, amazing, all the beautiful words you use, but your presence can communicate that without words. We forget that. And in the, when you transform your mind and you choose every day to get rid of your neurosis and develop your heart, develop your best qualities, develop your connection to the, you know, unseen world. Oh, honey. Oh, you are cultivating magnetism. Mm-hmm. And that's what spiritual sassy is all about, is helping you to reclaim your ownership of your internal world, reclaim ownership of your story, of your life, and then serve the world while looking amazing. Mm-hmm. Because people got to look at you, honey. So might as well give them something to look at. Yeah, you know, I love your book because I love how... You're not just talking to the people. I always think it's nice to have books where people can learn things and do exercises. And throughout your whole entire book, it's like one exercise after another Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's giving people really fundamental tools of expression, creativity, and acknowledgement of themselves and what has been the, you know, I call the stumbling blocks because that's what it is. It's just Mm -hmm. a stumble. It's not Mm -hmm. a fall. It's Mm -hmm. not a failure. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's just a stumbling area of, of consciousness that's been held in the idea of I have to or else. And I love how your book 
kind of takes that and unravels that and creates a new lexicon, a new way of bringing conversation to the forefront that gives people an opportunity to go, oh, let me actually look into what this is, but not from a place of let me beat up on myself. I've made so many mistakes. That's right. But from a place of keeping it sassy, keeping it hot and keeping it sexy while making spiritual transformation real and seen and experienced. That's right. And that's the ultimate, right? Work, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You better work. You better work, honey. The category is live now, bitch. Category is live now. Honey, you know, live it sassy. I will vogue that shit all over the place. That's right. Live it sassy, live it lit. That's really what it's about. Seriously. It's bringing joy back into spirituality. You know, I was meeting with with a, with a radical saint up in, in the Himalayas a few years ago, and I was explaining to to her the idea about this book. And, and you know, we're talking about like a specific set of, of, of practices and vows that you take once you are on this, on this path that I'm on. And one of the things that, that we were talking about that was like clearly missing from the literature or actually I should say the commentary on it uh, is the word joy, you know? So remembering that everyone listening, the path of joy is really where where all this information lives. You know what I mean? So figure out every day what's, what's awakening your joy, you know, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you go to sleep. How are you supporting that joy? How are you supporting, how are you watering that well? How are you developing that well of joy mm, inside your being? Yeah. You know? The it's, joy code. The joy code. Say it. That's it's, how you'd call it. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. I think, I think the, you know, I think it's interesting because I find where we are in our evolution. And I was talking about this uh, on the playa. So I was at Burning Man this past week. And I was talking to this guy who's a really brilliant guy. And he was talking about how his nerves are upset and he can't handle it. And he's freaking out what's going on in the world and everything. And there was a group of people around me and I just started talking and I'm like, you know, that's what the system wants. It wants to burn you out. It wants to fry your nerves. It wants to like offset you to a point where you can't find your equilibrium. And the only reason why it's doing it is because it's keeping you away from your joy. It's keeping you away from ecstasy. It's Mm. keeping you away from pleasure. Mm. It's keeping you away from bliss. It's Mm. keeping you away from making love with life. Mm, say it loud for everybody in the back, honey. Making love with life. Making love to the present moment. Yeah. Really. Asking, oh my God, asking yourself in this very moment, like what are you, what are you, what is it that you are, how are you self-sabotaging your your ability to make love to the present moment? You know, and really allowing that question to treat your mind to this question and allowing the answers to arise and writing that down and then making a vow, a commitment, a willingness to, not do that shit again, honey. Not do that shit again. And then I just want to reflect back one thing. When I speak about being about awakening joy and making love to the present moment and all these amazing, delicious, juicy things, when we speak about this, it's like being a joy active. It doesn't mean that I don't experience negative emotions or a, or a, a, or a, a, a strange, you know, challenging day or an experience. That doesn't mean that I don't. That I'm 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 on the other side of that. It's just how I relate to it. All you have access to, honey, is is how you relate to your experiences. You know what I mean? It's like you have to ask yourself, can I change the environment and can I change the experience or can I change my mind? 
oftentimes all you're left with, all you have is change your mind, change your perspective. And instead of you, you know, seeing everything through, through more suffering, through more pain, through more confusion, you know, awaken that joy, do your best effort every day to support the awakening of that joy of love, compassion, wisdom. And then you're able to relate to everything in a different, in a different way. You can't erase the past, but you could change your relationship to it. You know, stop instead of worrying about the future, reclaim your reclaim the present moment, make love to the present moment. I love that. Make love to the present moment. It's only in the present moment that these qualities can arise. People have to remember that. It's only in the present moment that your best qualities can be fully developed and they can, you know, really go you can intimately experience them internally and then share them out massively into the world, you know? Yeah. I feel that the thing is, is that when people get so caught up in their thoughts, they need something to come in and like kind of take them out of it. So create a word, you know, you can create all kinds of really cool words. You can see like, you see something and you start going into it. And I think what happens is, is people don't understand that when they see something or hear something, they start to analyze it. Mm-hmm. So you need something to break it up. So you can do like, like, you know, you can be like, you know, or you can be like, Kawasaki. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you can say something that's so off the wall. That's right. To change the whole entire energy laugh of what you're out experiencing. Loud. Laugh. Laugh you know, out dance, loud. you know, sometimes you just need to do a dance. That's right. You know, the other day, my girlfriend was going through a difficult time and I was like, you are, you is kind, you is smart, you is beautiful. Like from the movie Help. Yeah. I just like switched up and she looked at me and started laughing. That's I right. I said, because you got to break it up. You got to break it up. The whole tapestry was changed. Yeah. The whole tapestry was changed. We, yeah. gotta, we have to move our bodies. Yeah. So the whole feels. tapestry was changed. A, 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 A. Oh, oh, oh. And I remember one time uh, I was living in this ashram in the south of India and there was this guy who was laughing out loud constantly and I was so triggered. I was I had so much aversion. I would see him walking around and laughing out loud. And then I built the courage to walk up to him and be like, yo, why are you laughing like that all the time? Every time I get caught up in a negative spiral, I laugh out loud. I love it. And that breaks the momentum. That breaks the momentum. You step out of the internal play, the internal chaos into the audience and you're able to witness the internal chaos playing out. And I call this an a book the uh it's it's called the uh reactivity circus because it's fucking hilarious when you really look at the kinds of feelings that arise the kinds of thoughts that populate that feeling and claim that feeling the kinds of things we do oh my god when you sit back and realize like oh my god that little nudge in my stomach then i started thinking about all the things that happened to me this little nudge in my stomach made me call back this painful memory that happened to me when i was 16 years old and the next thing you know i was watching netflix for six hours and eating two pints of ice cream yeah. And I walked my ass to the corner store and I, you know, did X, Y, and Z. You know, we, it's just like if you could pull yourself back, remove yourself back. And I love the words you use. If you can, you know, stop the momentum, you know, of the reactivity circuit, of the reactivity circus, as I call it in the book, honey, your life will change. Yeah. Chi Chi bomb that moment. Chi Chi bomb that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, everybody needs a little Chi Chi bomb moment. Hey, you know, hey, you just get, you just like someone hey, says something hey, and I'm like, Chi Chi bomb. Hey, and they're hey. like, what the hell? <laughs> and then some people will laugh. Whatever. I'm very spontaneous. And like in my family, we are like so completely dramatic and we just like jump off the sofa and start <laughs> dancing i love i love how you do that you twerk all the That's time right. you jump up and you start twerking you gotta and even right now in the studio we're dancing right now because you know why because let me tell you something everyone who's listening around the world 
This is your motherfucking life, okay? This is your motherfucking life. And what that means is what? That means no one has the right to tell you why God created you. God may have created you to irritate everybody so they can come out of their chains. Let's be Mm. real about it. So it's like... When people have the nerve to be like, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, you don't have to like it, boo. But if you love God like you say you do, then you're going to like it, boo. Because the thing is, God created everyone for a reason. And like me, like if people get uncomfortable with me, I don't care. God created me to be a disruptor. So I'm going to disrupt some Mm -hmm. shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if you have a problem with it, oh, well, that's why I was created. Mm -hmm. You know, there's birds, there's zebras, (laughs) there's hippopotamuses, there's all kinds of animals out in nature. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say about, I I, I say this often. It's like, you know, some of us have been created to like do a service by making people uncomfortable. Yeah. And then bringing them to the edge where they are like, oh shit, I'm so uncomfortable around this person because they are fully being themselves. I'm sick and tired of walking around with my back hunch and my fist tight and clenching my jaw and never looking up and rolling my shoulders back and having my chin parallel to the ground. You know, it, uh, the practice I call is, is a spiritual stiletto. Mm. You know, put on your fake high heels, boo, yes. roll your shoulders back, walk up and down the house and visualize the whole world wishing you well. Visualize the whole world wishing you well. Visualize all the wise beings, all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, Dakas, Dakinis, all Dharma protectors, gods and goddesses, all wise beings rejoicing that you are awake and that you are being fully mm, lit, sassy, honey. And that's the path. And oftentimes when you are liberating yourself from the chains, like unlearning and remembering you're going to make people uncomfortable. Bless their light. You're doing mm, them a service. Yes. You're doing them a service, honey. Woo. But you holding yourself back because you're afraid that you're too bright. People who are uncomfortable, they can just wear sunglasses, mm-hmm. boo. They sure could. Yeah, they can wear sunglasses it. and they can even put all kinds of things on. Put, yeah. put a scarf around the face as far as I'm concerned. They can just hide. But don't you do yourself the disservice of, of not sharing your gifts, of not stepping fully into your light because you're afraid of how people are going to think about you. You're afraid that... Of you're going to be judged and criticized, whatever. Boo. If you're not doing that, you're going to have to come back over and over and over and over again. Until you until, get that liberation. That's right. Until you go to the next level. That's and right. then you're walking as a permission slip. Until you're walking as a spiritually sassy warrior. Until you're walking as a lit. What's the language they use? Into a lit, a lit verified? A lit leader of legacy. Lit leader of legacy. Honey. Oh my God. Just the way. <laughs> I'm like, you know oh, what I was just the, thinking when you were saying ooh, that is the whole ooh. idea of like, literally people think they're going to get to the fifth dimension by holding on to labels and attachments and all of these different things. I mean, even in Buddhism, it's all about to liberate yourself from all attachments. And people right. think attachments are like negative things. No, attachments are anything that puts any type of label or condition or rule on how God can express itself through you. Say it Period. Loud. So if you need to walk around with an extra pair of those cheap sunglasses that you can buy like 99 cents store, you can just put them in a backpack. And when you walk, when your parents try to say, and you tell your parents say something to you like, I don't know why you're doing all these things like yoga and stuff like that. You'd be like, here's some glasses, mom. Here's some glasses, dad. Here's some glasses, honey. Okay. Put some glasses to your husband or your wife. Whoever's got a problem, just, just, just give them start. some glasses. And they're like, what's this for? Because I don't want to blind you with, the, with, my, with my light. Oh, my God. Because I'm going supernova. That's right, boo. Supernova. That's right. Oh, my God. That's so good. We should get a... a... <laughs> <laughs>
I'm living for that. <laughs> you just have to have a side bag and where you have extra sunglasses, honey. Because these people, if they can't handle it, honey, they're either going to see your brightness and it's going to, what that solar power within you is going to do for them is one of two things. It's going to make them uncomfortable or it's going gonna, it's gonna to give the right amount of sunlight to the seeds of inspiration, of creativity, of power, of truth in them. And then they're going to be like, thank you, honey. They're going to bow to you in gratitude because you've helped them wake up. Mm-hmm. So for those who are not waking up with your with your litness, with your sassiness, honey, then here's a pair of sunglasses, boo. 99 cents. That's it, boo. Here we go, That's honey. it. Buy 10. Buy yeah. a bag. You and- can buy this place where you can go. You can buy a bag of 30 <laughs> and just like keep them with you. Keep them in your car. Keep them whatever. Whenever you see someone has an issue with them, you hand them the glasses. Like, what's this for? So you can handle my brightness. That's right. You can handle my illumination. You can handle my litness. Oh my God. Say aloud. And you uh, offer with a blessing. That's May it. you be happy. May you be happy. May you be happy. Here you go. Here we go. Boo. <laughs> Well, that's really what it's about. It's really doing everything as a blessing, doing everything as an offering, doing everything as a ritual, you know, really bring intentionality and grace to every aspect of your life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and knowing that, you know, sometimes you do have to, to, um, you know, offer a blessing and, and move on and because nothing and no one can take you away from what you came here to do. Nope. And it would be a shame for you to actually not do it. Because other people chose, you chose not to give them any glasses. It'd be a shame for you to go to, to leave this life. And when you spirit, when you go back to the spirit world and they're saying, okay, well, you need to go back. Why? Because you didn't let your light shine as bright as God could have shined through your vessel. So choose another body, choose your parents, choose your your geographical location, choose if you're going to be male or female again, choose whatever it is you got to choose and go back in there and shine that light. That's right. We need your light. They're not tripping off of, see, everyone thinks this is a school and shamanism, we don't believe this is a school. We believe that this is a place to remember, Mm. but the school is Mm. only learning Mm. about what other Mm. family uh, members uh, had created energetically so what we're doing is we're just doing like a a review of all of our brothers and sisters who fell into deeper despair of darkness and we're doing a review of the currencies and frequencies that existed and pulling it into our own being and then being able to 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 turn that poison into medicine Mm -hmm. and then deliver that to the world so Mm -hmm. the key element here is how bright can you go you know it's like it's like it's like understanding is like how bright can you go that's really the key here. Mm-hmm. Because if you can understand that the brightness is literally what will take the illumination to a whole nother level mm-hmm. on the planet. So the more you go brighter, the greater and more powerful you will become. Mm-hmm. And we need as much light as possible, honey. You know, think about a, a, a dark room. You walk in there with just your candle, boo. You know, we need the if you walk in there with your bright candle and then someone else sees that you have that and they're drawn to it, or some people actually want to stay stuck in, in their addiction to suffering. But your brightness is actually, you know, because you can light a thousand candles with one candle. So think about it like that. You know, you're able to like bring your candle, be like, oh, here you go, honey. Here you go, darling. May you be happy, may you be happy. And you become a blessing factory. Mm-hmm. You know, your 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 light, your spark of fire within you can help to you know liberate and awaken i mean liberation has to be individually done but it can help them to actually be only positioning positioned on the direction of their path you know and actually create what we call uh, a cataclysmic um you know uh experimentational um display 
of change that will occur when the energy vibration of that liberation of that illumination mm -hmm. begins to create a ricochet mm -hmm. into all the areas and pockets of darkness mm -hmm. and that darkness that will then be transformed through alchemy and that's what i uh that i also love as well too is i love what a great alchemist you are i love when i watch your videos on instagram because a lot of times people think alchemy is just like turning lead into gold but they don't understand alchemy is turning frequency into another frequency without having to suffer through that frequency so if someone goes through pain you can turn that pain to pleasure someone goes through difficulty you can turn that pain to laughter Say it. you know and so being an alchemist is mm -hmm. the key element to mm -hmm. move through these times and that's i love right. how you how you alchemize so beautifully mm -hmm. just thank wanted you. to let you know that oh thank you babe yeah. thank you so much my it's, love. It's, it's, thank it's you, amazing thank you, thank you and being an alchemist is really the it's i think it's the ultimate it's our ultimate goal right it's being able to radically see you know challenging you know uh times and difficulty through the lens of the heart and that takes that takes a genuine uh, path a genuine spiritual seeker to go to the next level mm -hmm. to really radically see themselves differently and choose to radically see themselves different and the world different you know so yeah. for everybody listening you know recognize that you have this potential recognize that every challenging experience that you have lived through it's the natural law of karma says that you have created it you know, that you've taken part. And I love what you said, choose your family, choose your geographical place. This is all, it's 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 amazing to hear that this is uh, so deeply rooted in shamanic culture. This is very deeply rooted in Buddhists. Um, you know, my understanding of Buddhism, same, where you do, in between lifetimes, you actually are walking down a hallway and you're seeing parents and you're like, oh, these guys right here. And, and you, the reason why we choose our family, and this is kind of amazing because I do speak about this in the book, is because our parents have similar mental tendencies and they have the perfect conditions for us to work in our own mind. So we come into life with all these, you know, past life imprints, right? All these mental habits already formulated. And of course they get much more developed in the, in the, in this life itself, but our parents and family and where we're born and all of this stuff, it's, it's, has the perfect conditions to help us work in our mind, has mm -hmm. the perfect conditions to help us work out our kinks and our glitches and all of our, our the ways that we sabotage and we hold ourselves back from being totally, you know, visionarily. Visionarily, is that even a word? Whatever, know, now it's whatever. a word. Now it's a word. Now it's a word. Bright. New lexicon. Bright. Visionarily yeah. bright or whatever. But you know what I mean? Being a mega boss. And in a book, I do have a... Um, uh, a glossary because, you know, like Shaman Durek, we are reclaiming words, you know, we're really uh, stepping to that role and reclaiming words because it's it's really what you do. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let me just go through a little bit of your of your glossary here. <laughs> Bitch, in the way I use it in this book, it is totally removed from the traditional offensive definition. It is genderless. When I use it, I am referring to myself in a sassy way. It's sort of a nickname for myself or someone else. That's right, bitch. Girl, much like bitch, girl is how I often affectionately refer to myself and others. It is also not gendered. It does not literally mean girl or sassy meter, which bitch is in a 10. Girl is maybe a six. Both are sassy, but girl is slightly tamer. You know what's up, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Mega boss. Say it. There's someone who is living their purpose, inspiring others, bringing positivity wherever they go. On a basic level, it is someone who is honest with themselves and doing the work. They are on their path. They are doing the work because they are in the groove of life, reaping the benefits of the opportunities they are turning into big and small. It doesn't matter what profession they have. All that matters is that they love what they do. Love radiates for them. All right, Mega boss. That's right, honey. 
me. Yeah. Yes. Everybody I has love a potential. It. I'm glad you put a, t- a glossary in here with these Thank words. You. Oh my God. I love you so much. Love You're such you a gift. And I love the thing that you have on chapter 158, um, Spiritual Sassy, the world needs you to shine. And it's so true. Because even if people don't know it, they Page don't even know it. I'm sorry. What did I say? Page 158. You said chapter no. 158. like a thousand pages, 150 chapters. You know what? <laughs> don't worry about me. Sometimes I just go off a little bit of the rails. Yes. Uh, page 158. That's, right. uh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. But, you know, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, what I was saying was is that, um, yeah, the world does need you to shine. And even if people, your parents don't even realize it, or your friends, or your family, or even your lover, or the person you're with, or the grass man who does, who at the gas station, you know, you, you wherever, grocery store clerk, it doesn't matter. They may not know it now, but their soul knows it. And they need you to shine. Even if it makes them uncomfortable, you give them glasses if they can't handle the shine right away, but you still got to shine because the shine creates an energy frequency that creates a spark that actually moves through every living thing and begins to awaken the light frequencies that we need to be able to construct and architect the new world. So even if people are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you got to get keep your shine on. Mm-hmm. Keep your shine on, honey. You're impacting the tapestry that we're all connected to mm. moment to moment you know keep re- recognizing it and and pay attention to your body are you walking around like you're are you literally you know being a permission slip and how you're carrying yourself into the world are you like holding yourself back and notice when you're feeling like con- uh, contracted and small that's you not showing up big and bright and fierce and sassy mm. and lit honey so Pay attention to your body and and be vigilant of your mind. Be vigilant of your mind. Every single time you overly associate and overly identify with any passing thought or feeling, you've lost the plot, babe. You've lost the plot because the heart or spirit in your language, it doesn't communicate with thoughts and feelings. It communicates with hits and downloads. It's something that language in itself and feelings and thoughts can't convey, honey. It's too limited. So think about it like that. Yeah, and just to kind of throw it, because he just threw he just threw a, like a, a wave bomb on you. <laughs> you, you all might not understand what that means, so let me just kind of drop it down in layman's terms. Basically, what it means is that the informational vocabulary dictionary that we pull our language from has been re- distorted and manipulated by the matrix for the purpose of using vibrational codes that actually limit you, hold you back, and dismiss you from ever seeing your power, knowing your power, feeling your power, tasting your power, and living a lit life. And so basically, mm. creating a new lexicon and recognizing that the energy frequencies and impulses, downloads, and energies are actually communicating more information to you than someone actually opening up their mouth. A, 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 Dance to that, honey. Yeah. Dance to that. I am. I'm dancing. Oh my God, so good, honey. So good, I am just so grateful to be here with you and sharing all this. And the book is out September 22nd. I'm not sure when the podcast comes out, but... I hope you guys will all support the birth of my new baby. You know, I'm still big, big pregnant right now. Oh yeah, no, of course they're going to support it. I mean, they're, they're lit from listening to this conversation. They That's probably right. had some orgasms. <laughs> some people had some went into other dimensions. That's right. Some people are laughing out loud. That's right. Some people are just in, in complete utter joy and feeling so connected to the conversation because you know why? Because we keep it real with the feelness for the realness. That's right, honey. So people can get your book at all of... Everywhere. All where all places book are sold. Fabulous. I'll be posting it um, on more of my Instagram stories for you to find out more about it and everything. And I'm really, really happy to have had 
my amazing brother saw de simone the real king and queen of the place of sassy mm, thank you honey <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the kingdom of sassy that's right honey hey, no more dragging your throne to tables honey create your own motherfucking table that's what the spiritually sassy movement's about mm-hmm. you know so let's go love y'all love, love you. you thank you so much everybody I'm just gonna whisper a few words oh marapazana di marapazana di marapazana di a, a little prayer for wisdom for us to recognize how fucking legendary iconic powerfully wise we are thank you thank you so much yay I'm super stoked and I know everyone in the tribe is see you later alligators Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Tribe, so we had an amazing, amazing talk and I'm sure you're probably lit and feeling sassy and sexy all in the same with the amazing Sade Simone with his new book, Spiritual Sassy, which you gotta go get because I've been strumming through the pages and I can tell you there's a lot of great stuff in there that just keeps you feeling really juicy and that's what we need to feel. We need to like make it sexy again, make it lush, make it juicy, you know, because like it's time for us to do that. Like if you think about like the 80s and like the times before, like people like stepped outside of their comfort zones to do things that were wacky and wild and different and free like if you think about like people like Madonna and like you know and David Bowie and like Depeche Mode and all these different people out there who are these amazing artists and the the list goes on and on um, who brought that sexy sassy energy to you know the world and whatever it is that you do if you're an artist or whatever you do bring the sass right because the sass is the new way of class right because it's like the sassiness allows you to be who you are right and being who you are is the greatest gift you can do because you're really showing the presence of the divine embodied as you wow that's amazing and so when we make it sexy again and we bring that juicy feeling of like Everything I do, it's got to be lush and juicy. It feels really, really good and also very authentic. Because the thing is, we're not recognizing the sass enough. You know, spirituality has become a little boring in the sense that everyone's wearing dashikis and walking around looking like they came out of an ashram, that they're were hanging out with Osho and called themselves a sanasaya. And everything has been based on this very guru, you know, wearing all one colored clothing or mala beads or or this thing or that thing and it's like why can't you rock a sexy outfit and be very spiritual or wear like for me like cowboy boots in like metallic t-shirts with really cool uh, suit jackets you know and a pair of ripped up jeans and some really cool neck chains around my neck like why why are we defining the idea of spirituality as some kind of monkism that we've created for ourselves some kind of way we're supposed to walk around and like you know wear crystals and all this kind of stuff it's you know that we should be able to express ourselves and our sassiness any which way we choose without feeling that we're held to one conformity over another because that's what the quote unquote world of the ones who decide how spirituality is supposed to look because in truth spirituality is about evolution and evolution is about creating new innovative ideas feelings frequencies energies you know all of that yummy stuff that we so need in our lives right now especially more than ever because the rhetoric of return that we're getting right now which is basically the same old same old the same same which is lame lame which i've you know said many times in other um shares is just not it's not cutting it anymore 
right? It's not cutting it. It's like, why is the spiritual world creating this kind of like, you know, projected way of what it means to be spiritual, you know? And why isn't everyone invited? As Saw says, like spirituality didn't hold a place for, you know, for drag queens and, you know, for all the different uh, types of genders and people and how people choose to dress and express themselves. You know, it just, it's not holding a space. I'm sure if you went to a Baptist church and you came in, you know, wearing like something that wasn't what everyone is dressed like with big hats and suit jackets and ties, and you came in with something like more, you know, avant-garde, whatever, everyone might look at you and be like, what are you doing here? That's not an all-inclusive energy. Spirituality is supposed to be all-inclusive and it's supposed to invite everyone, right? So we need more diversity and we need more gender roles and spiritual um, experiences of the movement to be colorful and, and open and inviting for all people. It doesn't matter. This whole zombie Zen walk that Saw talks about, right? You know, this kind of like, you have to be perfect, walk, tread lightly, follow the rules, and then people will see that you're this spiritual person, or at least you might think it because it doesn't really matter what people say. You might think that this represents spirituality and its essence when in truth, all you're simply doing is following the herd. And anyone knows when you follow the herd where the herd is being led, right? Yeah. So again, like let's cut off this crockery of nonsense and let's get into really getting into a space where we're recognizing, wow, I get to be different and I still get to be the most enhanced spiritual being that I am as a representation of the divine on planet earth. Not some made up, you know, uh, copycat. No, let's, let's see what everyone is wearing. I'm going to wear a dashiki with some like mala beads and some like very flowy pants and like maybe shoes that were like, you know, with no like shoes, but maybe it's a sandal. And I'm just going to be like, Hey brother. Hey sister. Yeah. I'm not really resonating with that today. I woke up and I just, you know, I had like this grand rising of this deep meditation and I just, you know, sat back and yeah, you know, and I just realized that like, I'm existing at this other plane of consciousness that a lot of people can't get to unless they really just go vegan and really start recognizing, um, you know, like their relationship to the true energy of authenticity. Cause I'm not resonating with people who don't understand like how I choose to unpack things and really make sense of them. You know, you know what I mean, brother? You know what I mean, sister? Yeah. I mean, it's so amazing. You're so beautiful. I'm so beautiful. Life is so beautiful. First of all, I'm going to tell you all right now that that is so boring. I don't want to hang out with dashiki people strumming their mala beads and telling me that they don't resonate with things. I want to hang out with rock and roll lit leaders of legacy who are like throwing it down. You can be, you can just be however you want to be, dress however you want to dress. And the truth of the truth is the matter of consciousness is all that matters to me. And the consciousness is freedom, liberation for all. Not this zombie Zen walking that Saw spoke about. It's time to change it up, right? And in order for us to do that, we have to realize that a lot of the texts that we see from like religion and like Hinduism and like the Quran and like all these things were basically interpreted by a lot of men who had big sticks up their bum. Big sticks 
big, huge, huge, big sticks. And it, and they didn't have flavor and color and sexiness and juiciness and lushness and like, oh my godness and like poseness and like get it going and twerkitness and all that stuff. No, they didn't. They didn't have all of that. No, they had this strict defined, very rigid view, you know, wanting to be perfect, not make mistakes, believes that they had some kind of special mission and the way they had to do things had to be a certain way. And if it wasn't, then it, you know, it, it would just completely tarnish the very core of their soul. And these people were the ones interpreting spiritual knowledge. Wow. Now imagine if you had a drag queen interpret the spiritual knowledge or someone who's more colorful with more personality and sees the openness and love that's available to everyone or someone who's just literally just high vibing unicorn vibe you know like can we get a unicorn vibe girl who comes in it's just like everything is just fairy dixie love and you just get in there and like interpret some of these old texts it would be a very different interpretation and i would love to see that literally I really would. I would really love to see what happens if you take a room of people and you take someone who was raised very strict, very religious, follow the rules. God is angry at you. God is mad at you. In order to get God's love, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. Oh, and by the way, God is still mad at you, but God will accept you in the kingdom of heaven if you accept God first. Wow. Not to mention the fact that if you do things wrong, you're going to get a lump of coal or you're going to get punished. And if you do too many things wrong, you're basically your, you know, your airplane ticket to heaven expires and you go straight down to hell where you will burn for all eternity. Or you can bump over to the Buddhists and you could be like, chat with your Gohanzen, bing, bing, ding, 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 ding. I'm Hoden Kekio, learn all the different verses and whatever. But if you don't make it to temple and you don't come to temple, that means that you're not really serious about your Buddhism. You're not really practicing and really honoring the beautiful sacred tradition of Buddhism. And therefore, you know what that means? Well, you're not going to have inner peace. You're not going to have enlightenment. You're not going to have all these things. And then there's other things too. Like if you don't go to, you know, Mecca, maybe you're not going to go to Mecca and walk around naked under cloth and, you know, and bow to Mecca and, and continue going to mosque and honoring all the ayats and honoring everything, the teachings of Muhammad and being so strict about every single thing that you can't even allow yourself to slow dance with your wife in the place because you might find it being a little bit too much sensual sexual energy going on i don't know maybe perhaps and um you know again you know you got to do all these things and if you don't then you know you're defying god and you know please when people are praying or the prayers are loud on the speaker please make sure you're covered up and you're not laying naked in your bed exposed to the eyes of god because you just might end up not you know surviving that night's sleep Whatever. The point I'm making is even if you're a Hindu and you're doing and buying all this food and throwing it off a cliff to all these people who are like starving, but you don't care about those people starving. You care about making sure that you're doing all your rituals perfectly so you can get a good year of good luck and blessings from Lakshmi and all the different beautiful deities. And yo, don't forget, don't spill that oil, don't let that candle burn out, and make sure you dump at least 16 gallons of milk off the cliff, even though there's tons of people in the street who could drink that milk and be stronger and happier and better. But no, it goes to the God. So just waste it and don't worry about it. Okay, because you're going to get blessing and everything's going to be amazing and it's going to be great. You know, or you can just do all these different things that people want you to do. And again, if you do them and you do them correctly and you follow through every single thing that people want you to do to be quote unquote spiritual, 
then great things are going to happen to you. And here's the deal. All of those things have been interpreted by people with sticks up their bum. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, look, I people might think, wow, you're really blasphemous, Derek. You're really saying some really not so nice things about religion and all these different things. But I'm not really talking about religion. I'm talking about the people who made the rules based on their interpretation of those who had sticks up their bums versus someone who's like more like colorful and delightful. Because if you had me interpreting those things, you'd have a very different experience. If you had someone who was just completely like right out of pose, like I don't if you've seen the pose that my friend Brad Fultruck did where, you know, like they're just like walking, they're like, and yeah, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. Well, if you haven't, it's on Netflix anyway. I'm not trying to give an advertising for it, so don't even think about that, but I really enjoy it because it's just like that freedom, right? Of that expression. So what if you had someone like that interpreting some of these ancient texts or perhaps you have a woman who's been a doula and she spent her whole life give, bringing birth to women and she decides to interpret those ancient texts. I'm sure we'd have a very different meaning and a very different set of understanding Understandings of how we're supposed to, quote unquote, conduct our spiritual lives. The reality is the zombie Zen walk is boring and we don't really want to keep going through it. So when different people translate ancient texts, you will get a different knowledge and interpretation, which changes the whole playing field that we all have been exposed to about what God is and how spirit shows up and the things you're supposed to do and what's devotion and what's compassion and what's all these different things. It would be completely different, which I don't know why we don't do that. But again, I guess people want to continue uh, Groundhog's Day in the spiritual world. So what we have to understand is this, is that bringing spirituality to a joyful beauty, artist expression, freedom, joy, happiness, love, luscious, sensual place, dance, movement, and freedom is literally honoring the images of the old radical saints, as Saw says, because you're operating in a movement, you're operating in a feeling and expression and a connection that's different from a lot of the people who are just like really, really boring and just kind of following the rules and hoping that, that the rules they followed were real enough for them to be able to go wherever they promised they're going to go. Fine, whatever. I'm not putting it down. I'm just simply saying the truth. Look, the thing is, is that we don't need to beg to be seen by God or beg to be seen as spiritual or to beg to be accepted in church or synagogue or mosque or whatever and be seen as a person who loves our creator and loves ourselves and loves everyone else because the creator is in them too and the trees and the flowers and the, everything else, you know. And so the begging is done. It's old, it's boring. And this stuffy rule-based world is like, I don't know about you, but... Like, if an ET came down and said, hey, Shaman Dirk, you know what? I have a planet you can go to where you get to be completely free and love. And everyone is just filled with joy and creativity and happiness. And you don't pay your bills to survive. You actually contribute your service and everything is taken care of for you. And... The main focus of us on the planet is to be able to share our resources so that we're able to enjoy dancing and having fun and doing art and making love and doing all these things and then traveling to other galaxies and helping other beings who are on a planet like yours called Stuffyville. Stuffyville is planet Earth. It's the planet of a rule-based world based in rules. And here's the deal. This is kind of my thing and you can decide if you want to think about it in this way. But if people have so many rules, which they do, so many labels and rules and conditions and ideas of what they will or will not allow. Fine. Okay. I'll leave my hands to, you know, 
my my heart and my chest instead of just putting them around you and hugging you because people get kind of weirded out by that as well. But I don't really care. I'll hug you anyway, just to make you agitated. So you have awakening. But the point I'm making is this, is that if you're going to have this stuffy rule book world, then everyone in the family and throughout history should have a rule book that sits in their house on a table with this like, you know, I don't know, you can have like a cool encasing around it or you can put like a candle. I don't know, some kind of like, you know, special thing that like, we're living in a world where everyone has a rule book to their bloodline and their family of what you will or will not tolerate as a human being based on your growth and your you know understanding of what you've learned since you were a child and the things they told you you could accomplish and the things they told you you couldn't accomplish based upon what they felt they could accomplish or couldn't accomplish. Just this rule book, right? It's just simple rule book. Like I come to your house and you're like, hey, before I hang out with you and become your friend, and before we start dating or before we start going to the movies or skateboarding or playing video games or whatever it is, I need you to just look at the first four or five pages where the rules are pretty laid out in sections and just, you know, kind of get an idea of what I will tolerate and what I won't tolerate. Because if you break this rule book or if you deny this rule book, it's going to be bad. It's not going to be good. It's going to be real bad, like bad, bad, like bad you wish you were in another country bad or you might just get completely axed or you know what all the friendship we have it'll go right out the door and we'll like not even act like we know each other because literally if you don't obey my rules then you are a person who obviously doesn't appreciate like having someone who is you know disciplined and focused because you don't you know come into the place of accepting and respecting my rules so you know I'm going to have to execute this relationship and end it because that's basically what people are doing all the time anyway, literally and figuratively, like on all levels, like they are operating on the idea that they're not going to get something or something's not going to happen. So right there, there's lack, doubt and insecurity and fear and scarcity thinking, which nobody likes, right? Or at least I don't like. I don't know if you like it. If you like hanging out with people like that who just constantly complain and tell you their life's not working and they're stuck, they're stuck, they're stuck, they're stuck. Oh my God, they're stuck. Oh my God, I feel, Shaman Derek, I feel like there's stuck energy here. Oh my God, I feel like there's, there's a block here. There's, they're blocked, they're blocked, they're blocked. There's, oh my, oh, Shaman Derek, please, can you, you know, I have a block in my relationships. I can't find a relationship. Look, newsflash, okay? Here's the newsflash, right? The newsflash is this is that um, anything that's not showing up in your life is because you're not allowing it to show up because the sustenance and the unconditional love that Source has for you is limitless. It's not based upon what you say, what you do, how you do it. If you obeyed this, if you obeyed that, it's based on one thing. You matter because you're created and you're loved. And love is always in the return angle from Source back to us and from us back to Source in the way we live our lives. So that being said, just saying that... Real authentic people don't care about so many rules because they know that this life is about remembering the frequencies, the lexicon, and the energies to create what we call true liberation. True liberation. Mm. Oh, that feels so good. True liberation. It's like... It's like going in a hot air balloon, but never having to come back because you're just free. And no matter where you go, you're always going to be okay because you're free and you're free and you're 
free and you're free and you're free 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 for free 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 Free, 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 free. I don't know how many times I said free, but I'm sure you got in there somewhere, right? The whole idea of being free, right? Truly understanding, like, true liberation, right? And realizing that this world creates these seductive, addicted, negative emotions to pull you in, like it's like it's pulling you into the tide. That's literally what it's doing, and. The system loves that because the more you get pulled into that cesspool, that, you know, quicksand, you become less and less interesting to yourself and more and more interesting towards other people, which keeps you distracted away from yourself, from you seeing how amazing and powerful and enlightened you are on multidimensional levels, that you begin to think small, play small, act small, and complain small. I don't know. Have you ever heard someone complain small? Like complaining all the time? when we know complaining is draining, but they'll complain small, literally. They will complain small about non, not like things that are really important, but like non-sequential nonsense that literally has no point in existing whatsoever other than the sake of you to just observe something and see it, but not this like constant energy that's bombarding you with playing small for the sake of being small so you don't piss anyone off or make anyone mad or that you don't get the, you know, the love and likes that everyone loves to get, those love and likes, like, dee, 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 dee. you know, just type up those love and likes and you don't get any more love and likes and sorry, you're just a loser with a capital L and hold that L to your head. But that's literally what the system is doing. It's creating us to feel bad about being amazing and powerful and gifted and open it's like it's wanting to seduce you into these addictive negative emotions which then creates inflammation and creates all kinds of problems and the health risks and the list and all that and the breakups and the hurt and the heart pain and the hurt and all these different things that show up because you have elected and chosen to be a part of the stuffy based world that we live in and also be seducted by negative emotions that are addicting so addicting that it will make you an addict of other things. Spiritual bypassing is when you bypass the core of your truth, where you're afraid to literally not confront something because you're afraid of the sticky residue instead of recognizing love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. Love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. Come on, say it. Love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. One more time. And love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. Again, and love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. 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 That's you. That's me. That's everything will be Just love, wisdom, compassion, and joy Love, wisdom, compassion, and joy That's you That's me That's everything we were born to be Love, compassion, 
Wait, love. <laughs> now I got tongue tied, right? He said so many times. Love, wisdom, compassion, and joy. Exactly. Right? That's what we should be focusing on, not the sticky residue of people's like butt hurts and feeling upset because you're telling them the truth only for the purpose of helping them be able to embrace and love themselves even more. Because there's never a depletion of love, it's always an enhancing of love. Ooh, you get that one? So the thing is, is that every time there's someone different in the world, every time someone's like completely unique and different, people get afraid, right? They're afraid, so they spiritually spiritually bypass and remove themselves from love, wisdom, compassion, and joy and step into a whole nother arena of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Loud, be bold, be funny. Why? Because when you're loud, people can hear you. But also... You move energy. And when you're bold, you're not afraid. You're standing there, you're posed, you know who you are, and you get things done. And you're funny. Ah, you know what? You don't take life too seriously. You like to be the ball of the bird, the power energy of the party, the one that's making everyone laugh in the corner and you're wondering, wow, that person is really funny. Thank you. Why, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And the thing is, you do want to be that person. You want to be funny. You want to be all those things. But remember, being those things comes with... Yes, here it comes. Threatening the chains and ropes of society. That means, guess what? If you like those hearts and those those like likes that you get on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, well, the thing is, if you're living for that, when I, and when I say living, I mean living for that, then uh, maybe the path of authenticity isn't going to be perfect for you. In fact, I can put my head on a chopping block, which I would never do, but that's to say because I would never have to do it because my point is so clear. I put my head on a chopping block with the idea that you are going to be able to be okay with me. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So for me, I love ruffling feathers. It's like so much fun. I just like you blow on people. You're just like... And they get like, ah, they get all hurt and annoyed and upset and whatever, but they don't realize that that is taking us to a deeper, 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 deeper place that we need to get to. So threatening people's chains and ropes is a good thing because when they wake up, they're like, ah, and then you just like, here, have a cupcake. I made it. It's vegan. And you give it to them and you're like, look, here's the deal. Okay. You have to be honest about your issues. So if you don't like money, it's because you don't well, actually change that around, flip that around. If you don't have money in your life, it's because you don't like money because money is a currency and it's a wonderful energy. So if you don't have it, it's because you don't like it. And if you don't have love, it's because you don't want love. And if you don't have a job, it's because you don't want a job. And until you actually acknowledge those things are real and they're purposeful in the idea of you manifesting, then you will choose to get off the karma wheel because you just got to be real, right? So to get off the karmic wheel, you got to be real. Or should I say that again? Because a little bit tongue tied at the end. To get off the karmic wheel, you've got to be real. And so that's the reality of it, right? Get off the karmic wheel. It's time for you to be real. It's not that difficult. It's not like this, you know, big, big, big thing that we have to sort out and figure out. It's really not that difficult. The key element is always remember to do things that you find the most uncomfortable so that you are actually charging energy frequencies in this moment to open up a plethora of new opportunities and advancements. So again, be okay with that. Bring the sass. You know, if the devil comes in the room, be like, yo, devil, I've been practicing my Argentina tango. Would you like to see? And the devil will say, 
sure, I'd love to dance with you. Be like, I would too. I have some questions about this whole coronavirus thing. Like, how long are you going to bring it and really honor it and hold it? Well, you can only bring it, honor it, and hold it when you're not afraid to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. You're not afraid to do a shimmy and a shake, a, a, a tango or a twist with, with the dark demons that you call the demons, which is just a name you put on them for the Matrix. It's made it that way so that it becomes more heavy and weighted. Or the devil that you think is actually coming to get you at some point or another if you do something bad, when in fact the devil is just like anything else. It's a human being who's just basically emotionally affected and, and having those charges of energy is not about anything else other than just being an amazing being who loves Halloween or loves all these other holidays or things that are going on because you enjoy festive energy. Nothing about being festive. You can be festive anytime you like. It's your life. And that's going to take you out of this whole fear of demons and devils and woos and boos and, oh my God, what lurks in the night. Just throw on one of your costumes and be like, boo, gotcha. You thought you were going to scare me, but I scared you first, right? It's the whole idea that don't make them so important. Like be okay with the tangle with the devil. Tell them, bring it on, bitches. Bring it on you right it's like take it to that level it's like saw says wisdom is equanimity the great equalizer release the labels my loves commune from the heart so this is in truth what it's about right it's about you being the fertilizer saw says to the to the grand seed the inspiration must be seen seeing blessings and all is a pathway seen in inspiration allows you to radically support you to be you so how do you convey your heart in this world well you get rid of your neurosis now you're near neuroses, you know, you liberate your suffering by letting go of your rules and you begin to recognize that the only thing that's really important more so than any of these things is if you are living your highest truth that brings you the highest level of pleasure and joy. Because if you're not, if you're not bringing yourself joy, and I mean, if you're not bringing yourself joy, pleasure, ecstasy, bliss, elation, then you are not truly honoring true liberation. You're operating from an idea of liberation, but not really honoring liberation. And that is a not so wonderful place. And so there is this awakening of consciousness that's saying, hey, here's the deal. Um, I'm kind of tired of the neuroses. I'm tired of the suffering that you keep creating to be right about that life sucks and there's no good people in it. And so you can just make it suck. So that way you can be right and say, see everyone, there's no good people in it. Or you can say like women are so difficult. And then you can like manifest a woman who has just been going through a very challenging time in her life. And you're just like, hey, hi, I'm your new date. And they're like, ugh. Like, wow, women are always crybabies. They're so so difficult. No, you have to change it up. You have to realize that you're creating these characters and you're putting them in costumes and you're having them play stuff out because of the ways that you want to perceive life and the way you want to connect. And here's what I have to say to you. Okay, only one thing. You better work. You better work. Or... Sante, Shante, Sachet. I've always wanted to say that. I know my friend Santino said it a couple of times, but I want to say it, Rue. Hello. Yeah. So you, you know, you exit the stage because if you're not ready to step up in your power and realize how freaking amazing you are, absolutely phenomenal in every single way, you know, right? Then 
What are you admiring? What are you doing? Yeah, you have all the power, my loves. You got this and I love you. Bye. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others, your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.